Feel the pulse of the real life on 657 AM. 657 AM. The sounds of your life. It's written in red. Jesus, Jesus, I believe in Jesus. For my family, for my children. I believe, I believe, I believe you. I believe God. Open my heart. Martha Munizi on Radio Pulpit, your daily companion. Martha Munizi says, I believe God. And we're sitting on nine minutes just after 10, right here on 657 AM. It is his basuk met Dr. Tleilani. He is in the studio with me. He just joined me now. And uh, let me just do this quickly so that, yeah, that looks much better. Dr. Tleilani, how are you? No, I'm fine. How are you? I am good. I Dr. Tleilani, it's the last Wednesday of the month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I nearly forgot. Yes. Well, it's a short month. So I, 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 I was, I was laughing. Looking, I was still looking <laughs> up to next week, you know? Mm. Yeah. I, wa- I was laughing when you said, huh? The month is already, is, <laughs> is already over. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's the last Wednesday of the month. Yeah, no, fine. But in any way, here we are. Yeah, Fab is very short, and we we thank God um, for taking us through it. But it's good, Madam uh, Dr. Telen, that it becomes short. Yeah, because January is hard for many. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, at least have two relaxing. Have heaven the next month being a little bit relaxed. That's, right, yeah. <laughs> That's the way to go. So today we are on typhoid fever. That's right. We are on typhoid fever, and yeah. we have heard of these cases. Somebody was like, "Huh." What is that? I'm like, yeah, there is. Although we unpack it nicely, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then, uh, I'm sure after this uh, talk, uh, you know, people will be enlightened as to what type of disease it is. Yeah. So let's talk about it. What is typhoid fever, and what causes it? Okay, fine. Uh, typhoid fever is a bacterial infection that can uh, spread throughout the body, affecting many organs, of course. You know, after it spreads throughout the body, the whole body, yes. Now, without prompt treatment, uh, it can cause uh, serious complications and can be fatal. People die from that. Hmm. Okay, fine. In any way, the mortality is about less than 20% now that we've got very good antibiotics that we are using to treat it. Mm -hmm. Now, let's put uh, the disease in perspective. Mm. Look, infections, you can have a a bacterial infection, which typhoid is one of them. Okay. You can have a viral infection which, for instance, influenza is one of them. Mm. You can have a fungal infection, Mm. which uh, mycosis is one of them. Mm. Or you can have a a parasitic infestation, put it that way, where maybe you become infested with uh, parasites. uh, Parasites, that's right. So these are the uh, different types of infestation or infection that uh, we should be able to differentiate because everyone has got its own tre- type of treatment. Mm. And a tough fault falls mm. under the bacteria. Now, uh, where has, more, it, have, has it been all this time? Yeah, it's, we always because, had it all along. Because a whole lot of people are like, we were not even aware there's something like that. Well, it's, it's more regional. Look, it's usually in, the, in Brazil, in the southeast of Asia, mm. and then a part of but it's somewhere in Central Africa. Okay. We didn't have it here. 
So now, these we acquire are like, it. Yeah. We acquire it by visiting these areas. Ah. And then we bring it along to South Africa, you see that. Sure. But uh, it's not 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 uh, uh, very common in uh, mm, in, in South uh, Africa. In South Africa, yeah. Mm, mm. So as I said, we acquire it, we bring it from other countries, like mm. Brazil mm. and uh, East Asia. Mm. Right, uh, now, uh, we are going to go through the symptoms, the causes, the diagnosis, the treatment, complications, and it also has a vaccination. We'll talk about the vaccine if we've if mm. got time. Mm, mm. Now, the symptoms of typhoid fever, mm. uh, the main symptoms... It's a persistent uh, high temperature that gradually increases each day. You know, someone may wake up nicely in the morning, have a bath and everything. Mm. And voila, after about uh, two, three hours having left home, the temperature just shoots up. Hmm. Then you'll find that perhaps maybe, as I will explain, he had eaten some contaminated food, okay. which he got, uh, which was contaminated by typhoid, unknowingly so. But we'll discuss the, how to prevent it. And, uh, so you might find typhoid in the food? In the food, yes. That's where we get it from. Because typhoid uh, is found in water. Mm-hmm. It's found in now you, you're reminding me of Bilhazi when you're talking wood. <laughs> yeah, well, but Bilhazi is something else. Yeah. yeah, but I remember that it's also found. Yeah, it's yeah. also found in, in that. Now, the water has to be contaminated by stools which have been exposed, you know, to, exposed yeah, to someone who has, has typhoid. typhoid yeah. Or pee, you know, the urine mm. that can't contaminate the water. Now, the secret there is that uh, wash your hands when you are from the loo. Yes. Wash with soap and water. Don't just flush. You know, okay, with men, I've, I've realized, you know, when you go there, they just open the tap, finish and clear. You know, they, 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 they wash their <laughs> no hands. No soap. You know, no soap, yeah. <laughs> and then they go, you know. Because that thing can be very resistant to ordinary water. Mm. So it needs, it needs soap. soap. Yeah, it needs I think soap. everything needs soap. There's there's so many equalize there. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many things on the on the stools. Yes. So you need soap. You need soap. You yeah, can just right. put water on. Water only. Yeah, that's right. But now, Dr. Uh, Leland, wait a bit. You you're talking water that it can be found in water. Yeah. And if I'm if I remember very well, I think in December, January, November, December, January, we had so many cases. Uh, I'm coming to Twani now, of oh. people in Twani who drank water and they were, they they became sick as oh. well, seeking yeah. for medical attention. That's right. Could, yeah? Now, now, I'm not sure if that was typhoid really. Okay. Because uh, uh, I, I tried to check. Mm. I know there are those people who presented with these symptoms of typhoid fever, but I don't think, you know, tests have been done. Yeah. To really prove that it was typhoid. It was typhoid. But, you know, anecdotally, I think it is. Uh, it could still be something else, like cholera. Mm. It also comes, I mean, uh, you know, affect people the same way. Mm-hmm. It can also be other bacterial infections which manifest with the uh, gastrointestinal, in, uh, you know, uh, infections mm. that uh, we may not be aware of. Mm. That uh, people acquire somewhere after having traveled or something like that. Yeah. And... Yeah. 
look, uh, even the, 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 the symptoms overlap, you know. You will not be very sure as to whether is this typhoid, is this malaria, is this, uh, mm. you know. Mm. There's a thin line most yeah, of the time. Yeah, there's a thin line between yeah. them with the symptomatology. Mm. very similar. Now, now, when you're talking about also being exposed, like, for example, somebody didn't wash their hands yeah. um, thoroughly in the in the restroom, right. and they come, they shake your hand. That's right. So or, it, or prepare food. <sighs> you see? Because some of us, we shake hands, yeah. and then you go, you take your lunch, you eat. That's right. Yeah. So, and then that's when it comes in. Okay. Exactly. That's right. So the secret, as I said, is just to wash your hands with soap and water and the bacteria will go. Okay. All right, fine. Let's come to the second one. It's a mm. headache. Okay. Well, headache is a symptom which, you know, at medical school, if you, you don't know what you the just symptoms go, are, just go for the headache. <laughs> you, you'll be right. Mm. 100% right. Mm. And then we've got generalized aches and pains because uh, this thing, it affects the immunity and then uh, it's going to affect your joints, going to affect the, your uh, cartilages. Okay. What? And it harbors the bone marrow too. That's why one of the diagnostic modalities is to do a bone marrow biopsy where they can't find anything at all mm. and uh, see that this person has got probably typhoid mm. with a fever, diarrhea, vomiting, uh, lethargy and all these symptoms mm. and then you do all the tests even the blood culture becomes negative but when you go to the bone marrow Mm-mm. you will find, You'll find the true thing yeah. sure. but it's an extremely painful procedure I can imagine yeah mm. you, see, you, know, you have to puncture your bone mm. okay extreme tiredness which is very common fatigue and then uh, cough and mm. constipation Plus manas diarrhea, <coughs> sorry. Mm, mm. And then uh, I've seen many patients, you know, coming and saying, look, I've been coughing for some time. Mm. Is this not typhoid? <laughs> because, you know, we have had this typhoid fever. Mm. You know, when you say something fever, mm. you know, they associate it with a, uh, a, a respiratory. Yeah. Typhoid is basically a gastrointestinal. Mm, mm, uh, mm. disease but it can cause one it can cause that yes and I'm not sure by what mechanism it causes the cough but it it does cause the cough Hmm. right now those are the symptoms now if when we come to the causes Mm. as I've already alluded to the causes are not taking precautionary measures to to practice very good hygiene standard like not washing your hands properly when you come from the loo Mm. or not washing your hands before you prepare your food Mm. and the other thing is uh, if uh, uh, in instances where there is is a lot of people you know like uh, COVID I like COVID in a sense not like really Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. in that uh, we are practicing you know, what hygiene, you call hygiene, good yes. hygiene. You know, we sanitize. Mm. When I sit on a chair, they always sanitize. Mm. The microphone, they sanitize, mm. and all this. Mm. So, if we practice that, mm. then uh, we are likely not to be able to get uh, uh, typhoid mm. because it's basically contamination of either water or food, mm. and it's when you don't wash your hands before 
Touching food or touching people. Yeah, or maybe if you are coming from the loo. Now, when it comes to diagnosis, Mm. diagnosis basically you have to get it from the stools. Okay. Yeah, you have to do a PR examination and come back with the stools. And that stool, we send it to the laboratory, and then they will check it Mm. under the microscope, Mm. and then they will gram stain it. With a gram stain, okay, gram stain is that test that is performed to differentiate between the gram positive and the gram negative organisms because those are the things which are going to tell you as to what type of antibiotic to use. Okay. Yeah. So they will gram stain it and then they will tell you, okay, fine, they found someone in a typhi, mm. which is a, a typhoid fever, and they will also do a resistance test mm. to see which antibiotic will be convenient for it. So you'll have to do that. And you'll also have to do uh, cultures okay. of the blood. Mm. They pull the blood, mm. but it's a very stringent and strict method mm. of how to take uh, the sample. Mm. Because uh, you can contaminate uh, the sample if you're not careful, if you don't follow the procedure well. Hmm. And you send it to the laboratory under a certain uh, temperature level, mm. you know. Mm. And then uh, they, they, they'll always catch it. Well, I'm not sure about what they, you know, they put in the machine and everything. Yes. But they'll come out mm. with the antibodies, not necessarily the virus, I mean the, 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 the bacteria itself. Mm. They pick up the antibodies. And if they can't pick up the antibodies, then they'll culture. That is, they'll put it in an agar media where they feed the blood mm. Which is infected with typhoid, and then that thing is going to increase, and then they can s- scrape off that which has been uh, grown on that agar media, okay. and then they watch it under the microscope. Then they can pick up uh, the typhoid as to whether is it a uh, true typhoid or just some other yeah. bacterial infection. Yeah, and they also do uh, a resistance. So these are the two tests that can be performed, mm. and the third one, which is not so very common. Mm. commonly done is to test the urine okay yeah the you don't pick it up so much in the urine because the urine is very toxic to the bacteria too and it being a gram negative it can't stand the acidity of the urine so it dies but but you might find that that person is carrying typhoid that's right yeah okay we do have some carriers who are infected but are not symptomatic Hmm. and what happens is you'll just be getting infections not knowing where they are coming from and then immediately you start screening the, the people yeah the carrier yeah and then if you start screening because you know there will be people who come and go come and go with fever diarrhea constipation mm. you mm. know uh, lethargy or uh, not generally not feeling well like mm. maybe in a community like let's say in the studio here you go to the doctor you come back after 10 days you're back and again. then you're back again mm, same so, thing same thing then we see there is a carrier mm. and then uh, well the the wise thing to do is just to screen everybody mm. and then uh, see if we can come up with something mm. but fortunately we do have treatment for that mm. uh, the, 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 the treatment is a, 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 an antimicrobial called class of chloramphenicols these are drugs which are specific for the gram-negative bacterial infections like typhoid and also that of cholera Mm. you remember Mm. cholera we Mm. once had a cholera 
here in South Africa. Mm, but I we do. knocked it out quickly. Yes. Yeah. We've got very clear. When we were growing up, we were told <laughs> about cholera. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they pick it up there. I mean, when you pick it up, you do a resistance. Even if you don't do a resistance, and then you suspect it clinically that it's typhoid. You can give a patient chloramphenicol, and after about 10 days, mm. the recovery. Okay, can. let's take a break and then come back to talk to you some more. Family, you can talk to us. The lines are open for you on 012-334-1322. You have a question for Dr. Tleilani. You can ask your questions right now on 012-334-1322. Alternatively, send us a WhatsApp telegram on 082-657-2729 and our SMS line 37871. We're coming back. We're here to declare that for all the seeds you have sown, the rain has fallen and it is harvest time. Come on, somebody begin to thank him for the harvest. Sing with us. We have sown. Rains are falling. Now we reap for its Feel the pulse of the real life on 657 AM. 657 AM. The sounds of your life. You are on 657 AM Radio Pulpit, your daily companion. It is just for you with you up until 11 o'clock. At 11 o'clock, we will be crossing over to Germany, Yanni Pelsa with Perspective. But right now, it's just for you with me, Swing and with you up until then. And I'm not alone in the studio. I'm with Dr. Leyland. We're talking typhoid fever. We gave you the sounds of Ngube Gombata. He is featuring his wife, Ndok Ozo, and the song Harvest Time. It is harvest time. And yes, we're talking typhoid fever and I said family the lines are open for you you can ask your questions and talk to us live in studio with Dr. Tlailani on 012-334-1322 if you do have questions uh, you can also send us a WhatsApp telegram on 082-657-2729 you can also send us a, an SMS an SMS on 37871 do you remember that well an SMS will charge you 150 it's 37871 and ask your questions and share your comments I'm streaming live also on Facebook you can talk to us even on our Facebook um, page right there because I am live there on Facebook so yeah the lines are open for you now Dr. Tleilani what can happen if um, what are the dangers of the the typhoid fever in one's body being uh, at, unattended? Yes. Unattended what to. could what kind of complications can come out from that? Yeah. Okay. Fine. We've got the, the two main complications, mm. and remember, this thing grows in the intestines. Now it's going to cause sloughing off of the mucosa of the colon of the small intestines or even in the stomach but less so in the stomach because of the acidity of the hydrochloric acid in the uh-huh, stomach uh-huh. and then that will cause perforation so that's bleeding no 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 so there'll be a hole yes so yeah. so there won't be bleeding as the result of that no, no, the bleeding okay one of the the two ones is bleeding and perforation oh yeah bleeding is usually caused by uh, infiltration, <coughs> sorry, of the um, the blood vessels which supply mm. the small intestines, mm. and once this uh, 
uh, typhoid has penetrated the mucosa, submucosa in the muscle, right into the serosa. Then that's where the blood vessels are, and they will soon be eroded, and you'll start bleeding. Hmm. <clears throat> then the patient will present with uh, severe abdominal pain, hmm. distension, and tarry-like colored uh, stools hmm. because uh, of digested red blood cells. You know, they tend to be blackish-like. Hmm. And then that is when you really need surgical intervention. Hmm. The surgeons must go in and go and stop that bleeding. Otherwise, the patient will fatally bleed to death, you know. So typhoid can lead yeah, to death. It, yeah, it can, it can That's lead how to serious death. it is. That's how serious it is. And if it causes a perforation, mm. then it's going yeah. to cause what you call peritonitis. Now, you can imagine all the intestinal contents pouring into the peritoneal cavity. So yeah. it becomes something like hernia? No, no. It's a hole in the intestines. Uh-huh. Now, everything, the gastric juice That you eat. Uh, yeah, that, that <sighs> you eat. They go out of the inside of the bowel. Mm. They go into the peritoneal cavity mm. where the intestines are being, you know, kept. Mm. And then that's what you call an acute peritonitis. It, it's an, it causes an excruciating pain. Mm. That's when surgical intervention is also indicated that you should be opened and then that hole should be closed. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully mm. uh, you, you, you shouldn't have affected a, a very large part of the bowel because you may end up with... I, I've seen patients, you know, at Harangu, when I was still at Harangu, mm. with typhoid fever or cholera, mm-hmm. who had a hemicolectomy, half of the colon has to be removed. Some go Is home. it because of those gastric juices? What well, they not, have not done. necessarily gastric juices as yeah. such, but uh, because of the destruction of the mucosa of the bowel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then some go home with a, a permanent colostomy mm-hmm. because uh, the surgeons can't anostomose, you know, the distal to the proximal uh, colon. So this person can't pass to... Yeah, you let it pass your stools in a, in a sec. Sure. Yeah. So you'll be going number two as usual. You'll be doing number two into the sec because there will be no bowel to be anastomosed. Hmm. That's when it is really affected part of the colon. Now, or the let's talk about when should a person seek medical intervention because... We self-diagnose. We, we self-diagnose. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah, one has diarrhea, <laughs> when we have diarrhea or constipation, we get those over-the-counter remedies. Okay, okay you can self-medicate yourself, but not for more than forty-eight hours. If you don't improve, please see your doctor. Mm. Yeah, I know. Two days after yeah, two days. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I know that uh, uh, people don't like doctors. You know. We don't like going to doctors every time you get a small headache, you've got some abdominal pain. You know, you take something out of your cupboard and then... Yeah. Okay. Well, we even know about white vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you if you don't improve, please, mm. don't sit on that illness. Go and see a doctor. Mm. Yeah. yeah. We are there to help. So now, let it those are the two complications that you asked about. Perforation mm-hmm. and bleeding. Mm, mm, And mm. both of them need surgical intervention. There is no way that it can improve from a perforation. Well, with bleeding, you may be lucky. You know, it can clot, and then uh, somehow the 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 the, what you call the 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 place where you are bleeding 
mm. can be healed. Mm. But uh, the pain, you'll never stand the pain. It will take you to the hospital. And the surgeons, once they see you, all the vitals will just say, look, open this abdomen, get rid of whatever the problem is. Mm. Yeah, if you don't want to lose the patient. Mm. And at the same time, you can be hyper-elemented, that is, be fed via uh, a drip. Mm. Yeah, because uh, your absorb- absorption capability would have been reduced. Typhoid fever is dangerous. Yeah, it's a very dangerous disease, mm-hmm. really. Fortunately, you know, we in South Africa, I saw it affect us so much. Mm. It's about, uh, uh, let me see, uh, I had some stats. And I wonder if we do have recorded cases of death as a result of typhoid fever so far? No, previously, yes, we did. Uh, uh, but no, not, re- not, not recently. Not, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, statistically, about 21 million people annually are affected, not die. Are In the world. world yes. Okay. And about 200,000 people may die in the whole world. Hmm. You see? So, us here, I will see about 2 to 3 percent, which mm. is about uh, not more than 20 people mm. in a year that uh, die from typhoid fever. And unfortunately, mm. it's not so easy to diagnose it uh, if uh, you don't have the laboratory tools to diagnose it. So in uh, uh, areas, you know, remote areas, mm. people die there not even knowing what they what the cause of death is mm. and then if you do post-mortems you'll find that that patient may have suffered from typhoid fever mm. but it's less than three percent sure now okay i understand we are looking at it, it that it, you said that it comes from the fecal matter right yeah <laughs> so yes. prevention involved includes or the first prevention is washing of hands Correct. Correct. 99.99%. At least sing the happy birthday song twice as you wash your hands with (laughs) soap and water, not just with water, number one. Now, you also mentioned that it can be found in water itself. That's right. Should we be starting? Contaminated. Yes, but um, should we start boiling water? Um, Maybe if we see like what happened, as I mentioned in the previous month. November, December. Well, I was January. listening to the news, yeah. I think, this morning. We, we don't have to be scared. Mm-hmm. Our water is pure. It's but good. but let's say there is something like what happened, the, the stomach bug outbreak that was there yeah. in the previous months. Would boiling water, in the case of typhoid fever being in the water, help? We, we, help. Also, we also learned when we were growing up, we would pour... Um, a certain type of ge- uh, now I'm mentioning the name a certain type of bleach into yes. the water not all bleaches yeah. <laughs> but there was a certain type as we were growing up that we were told that you can put um, just the the the, the lid of it into yeah. a five liters um, kennel and then the water would be um, fine you know, for th- drinking those things so, are not without problems per se yeah. you know you could try to decontaminate with mm. your solutions. Mm. But your body may not be able to handle that. Mm. There okay. are so many people who are intolerant mm. to products like that, mm-hmm. those bleaches. Mm. You know, I can take it from a swimming pool with yeah. a very good uh, yeah. uh, acidity there. 
patients still react. Mm. They come out such terrible rushes. Yes, as a result of what is yeah, in the water. Yeah, mm-hmm. what is in the water. So Boiling is the best. Yeah, boiling is the best, yes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, boil and then cool it and then use what I mean, do whatever you want to do with the water. Mm. I've heard yeah. of families now doing that after that stomach bug in December saying, ah, yeah. no, we are boiling. So what more can we do to prevent there isn't much more that we can do except <laughs> so we just keep, to practice the uh, we keep we keep what standard. we have learned as a result of yeah. COVID. Yeah, high standard of hygiene. Yeah, you know? yeah. but uh, there is uh, some tip that I can give on okay. t- treatment at home. You know, uh-huh. yeah. If typhoid fever is diagnosed in the early di- uh, stages, uh-huh. a course of antibiotic tablets should be given, uh-huh. but uh, you need a prescription for that, uh-huh. and then. Uh, 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 there is also an increasing uh, problem of typhoid infections originating from people who have traveled, especially to Asia, mm. in the Asian countries. So mm. it would be very, very uh, good for someone who has been traveling for that to be screened before he comes back. Mm. I know he's going to open a whole can of worms. Mm. I don't know why. Are you discriminating against us and what have you? But it's just, you know, to to be cautious. Mm. Now, your sh- symptoms should uh, begin to improve within two to three days of taking uh, those antibiotics. But uh, uh, it's very important that you finish the course okay. to ensure the bacteria are completely removed from, from Ah, Pelarona, why don't you start feeling better? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then the treatment You don't continue with your that's treatment. Right, continue. <laughs> and then treatment is about seven to 14 days, depending on the severity. Mm and uh, the amount of bacteria which has been cultured. Mm. And then you should also maintain a good standard of personal hygiene, Mm -hmm. such as regularly washing your hands with soap and water Mm -hmm. and uh, to reduce the risk of uh, spreading the infection to other people. And like uh, the way we try not to uh, uh, transmit the COVID, you know, interpersonal contact should by all means, be avoided if you can. Mm-hmm. You know, we like hugging and kissing and we do. all these things. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, if you can reduce that a little bit, you know, then that will be all right. And then hospital treatment, um, hospital admission is usually recommended if you have severe symptoms of typhoid fever, such as uh, persistent vomiting, severe diarrhea, or a swollen stomach, you know. If, you're, if you've got all this, then you must consider... A swollen stomach? Yeah. Okay, distended. Maybe I, I said it wrong. Hmm? Yeah, a distended stomach. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. Yeah. I, is it one of the symptoms? Yeah, that's right. Because uh, it's air producing this thing. But so, it happens just like that. You were just fine and then suddenly... Woo. No, no, but it takes about two to three days to develop. Mm. Not swelling of the stomach. And and this person might be having diarrhea, but the, the stomach swells. That's right, yes. Sure. Because now you swell because of the air which is produced by the organism, mm. you know, the typhoid. Mm. It's a uh, it's a it's a gram negative aerobe, and then it produces air, and then that air is the one which is mm. uh, distending in your stomach. Mm. So those are the ones that you should be very careful of because they have to drip and suck you, mm. and then hydrate you very well, and then give you intravenous antibodies, mm. um, antibiotics, not orally. Mm. Because orally may not absorb, or you may vomit it, and then you know, 
uh, you'll be achieving nothing by vomiting the medication that you are taking. Mm. So intravenous medication will be indicated, and that's when hospitalization is, is mandatory. Yeah. But otherwise, um, mm. uh, surgery may be needed if you develop uh, life-threatening complications, like I've said, uh, mm. a bleeding or a, uh, some section of your digestive system splitting where there's going to be a perforation or something like that, causing peritonitis, because that is very fatal. Once your peritoneum is inflamed, mm. then uh, you can go into a septic shock. You know, a septic shock is when the bacteria are multiplying in your, in your, in your mm-hmm. circulation. Mm. And then uh, it's not compatible with life. Unless, you know, you are in the ICU, isolated, on intravenous antibodies, I mean antibiotics, and maybe being ventilated because uh, the lungs may then be affected mm. because of the septicemia. And you may have a renal shutdown because of the perfusion of the kidneys can be compromised from the septicemia. Wow. I think we need to take precautionary measures. <laughs> Practice good hygiene. And I'm telling you, washing your hands. Uh, be, because, because remember, Dr. Tailani, before COVID-19 came, yeah. Yeah. you and I sat here. Yeah. Months on before, in 2018, yeah. we were talking COVID. Is it in 2019? We were talking COVID. Right. And and everybody was saying, relax, <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Yeah. It, it won't hit our shores. And before we knew it, you and I, we were looking back to what we were talking about in 2019. Right. Now it, it was happening in 2020. Yeah. So I think precautionary measures... We can't take it light. Can't let's it do light something. Let's, take let's take the last break and then come back to close with Dr. Tlailani. Okay, sure. <laughs> Those are the sounds of Pastor Benjamin Dube in the background. He keeps on doing great things. We're sitting on 14 minutes just before Elf Ear. Just before 11 o'clock, do you remember that at 11 o'clock you have Germany, Yanni Balsa with Perspective. And uh, yeah, we are going to go to the news in Cape Town. Then Germany, Yanni Balsa Perspective. Keeps on doing Keeps on doing Keeps on doing Great things Keeps on doing. He keeps on doing. He keeps on doing great things. Doing great things He's never let me down No, no He's on I love him now And I love him now, yeah 
Pastor Benjamin Tube in the background, he keeps on doing great things in spite of it all. Our God remains faithful. He remains uh, a God that we can run unto. He remains strong, omnipotent. And so we give him all honor and praise. Well, we've come to the end of our time. Uh, we have been talking twifoid fever with Dr. Abel Tlailani on his book with Dr. Tlailani. And so we are wrapping up and sure, I am learning that, um, as, as I'm sitting here, I am thinking to myself, then it means that we should continue with what we have learned on hygiene, you know, yeah. taking care of ourselves hygienic wise. Yeah. Uh, it shouldn't be high because the, there was COVID. No, even after COVID, we continue. We continue. I'm thinking, as I was talking to you, Dr. Tlelan, how many people have had typhoid fever, getting it from a wedding where somebody cooked and they had it. They didn't, maybe they are carriers. They are yeah. not even that way. And they cooked, they handled food and everybody eat. Because we go to weddings. I know that there are many things that would cause uh, people to be sick and go sick for a doctor after yeah. weddings and funerals. Mm-hmm. Uh, because sometimes the preparation of the food was not well and sometimes the food was off. Mm-hmm. But how many also got typhoid fever as a result of that? But when it comes to that, you know, especially weddings and funerals, yeah, the organism there, the bacteria there is not typhoid as such. Mm-hmm. But it's, what if somebody cooked and they had? Yeah, well, because we say likely, yeah, we yeah, say yeah, if likely. you have it, don't handle food. That's right. And but and we mentioned you, their you careers. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. <laughs> and their I just wanted to clarify something <laughs> yes. that uh, the food poisoning that we get from this yeah. is mostly staphylococcal. Okay. Now, staphylococcal, it's a, it's an organism, uh, it's a gram-positive, unlike the gram-negative okay. typhoid. Okay. Now, it's hard because, you know, patients, not, not patients, but the, the people who prepare, they prepare the food and then let it stand there for quite a long, and long time. And there are flies. Yeah. There are all these things. Yeah. And then the stuff, that's when it comes and... Yeah. And and there's this kind of food that if you have prepared it and there's still heat because we put it on um, warmers, food warmers, yeah. it, it continues to cook um, as, as as it's warmed up there. Well, but and you might find that the, the, the food is off and it's also brewing. Brewing, <laughs> yeah, yes, that's right. But, uh, you know. Be careful. If, if just be careful. careful yeah, yeah, that's right. Just be careful. Okay, just just to close up, uh, uh, we are closing, isn't it? Yeah, please. Yeah. You know, every illness <laughs> has got a vaccine. Yes. So does typhoid fever. Okay. And there's two types. Mm. There is that one which you can inject, and then there is this other one which can take uh, two tablets on alternative days. Okay. Uh, for six days. So, uh, but... The, Who do we vaccinate? Now you the one vaccine, without? No, Pardon? Who do we vaccinate? The one without to avoid, or do we vaccinate? No, no, basically, vaccination is for people if you know who are going to travel to ah, areas. Ah, yes. They don't worry yes. high risk, yes. like uh, yes. the Indian subcontinent. Yes. And then in Africa, yeah. no, Central Africa, yeah. uh, South and uh, Southeast Asia, yeah. and then uh, South America, and then uh, Brazil. If yeah. you are going to travel there, I would advise that you take a vaccine. Take those vaccine yeah, pills. The typhoid vaccine. And I've realized that the, 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 they are mandatory if you're going to 
areas like this one. Okay. Yeah, you have to get a job. I think I think people should vaccine as they go, and when they land on South Africa again, vaccinate before they go see their families. Doctor <laughs> Delany, <Yeah. laughs> thank you so much okay. uh, for highlighting this to us. Now we know, and um, yeah, thank you so much for coming through and ministering to us. And thank you, very much. you are available between which times? From six o'clock to nine o'clock. Six in the morning. Ah, no, not in the morning. 6 p.m. P.m., yes. Okay. Yeah. All righty then. Thank you so much, Dr. Telani. May God bless you. uh, Bye bye to the family. And yes, if you'd like to talk to Dr. Telani, he's available on 078-733-2694. Do remember that he's available between 6 and 9 p.m. in the evenings. It's 078-733-2694. Feel the pulse of the real life on 657 AM. 657 AM. The sounds of your life.